How's your day been? Good, good. Yeah, I'm just pooped, man. I'm just exhausted this whole week. I went for a log run today, mm-hmm. and um, I'm on like mile seven or something, and I'm out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, no. And I just like, I have to fucking take it's It's going to be an oh, emergency no. take a shit. Yeah. And usually like <laughs> a good diarrhea shit. To me, I always associate that with like Splatterberg, which is actually better if you're out in the middle of nowhere. You just, just splat it up and throw it. Right. This was like, logs are coming and coming now. <laughs> and I just panicked. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I looked and I saw off in the distance and I stiff-legged my way over to a KFC. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> not like a bucket on the side of the no, road. No, no. That like, I hope that's not a mirage. Is that you, the colonel? Oh, extra spicy. <laughs> anyway, good uh, evening, Mr. Jesus. Finley. Good evening, Mr. Finley. How are you, sir? I'm okay. I'm okay, yeah. Today we just... Uh, wow, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, did. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you... I'll tell you uh, Talk along, to me, baby. Uh, along similar developments in my life... Uh, yeah? Recently, the, the going to the bed, having to, having to pee has become like an emergency situation three or four times. Oh, is this prostate, I wonder? I have no idea what oh, the fuck it is. Oh, you prostate, Tommy. Something is wrong. I just like to like, <laughs> leap out of my fucking bed at four <laughs> o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Run in there, dig through my shorts oh. to find my little Irish pecker. Yeah, and it just, which is folded up into my foreskin, and I don't have a foreskin. Right. And so like, so, and then trying to like yank it out through oh, the James Bond hole and not piss all over the book on oh. the back of my toilet. Dick Van Dyke is like, fellas, uh, <laughs> Jesus, Christ. this is entertainment, kids. <laughs> all right, so okay, welcome. Uh, and Dom, you're newly shaven. I see. Yeah, I figured it looked like if Shrek fucked a worm. Let's do it. <laughs> That's the thing you do once in a while. It's very interesting. Well, every once in a while, well, I'm not good at maintaining my beard at, at keeping it trimmed or Your something like that. So, so nice, every once in a while, Tommy. I just got to take it off. You got a real uh, Hemingway beard. You got to like take it. it off and let the other chins breathe for a moment. You, sir, are a beautiful, beautiful man. Almost as beautiful as today's subject for Finley's on Film, a Mr. Alan Ladd. That's right. Are you ready for some Alan Ladds? <laughs> Ah, you're, thank me later. Thank yep. me later, comedy <laughs> audience. Thank me later. Alan Ladd's a... Alan Ladd. What an interesting guy. I mean, God, I mean, and so he's the classic case, I think, of, I think women must have said about him, like, oh, he's troubled. Yeah. He's beautiful and troubled because <laughs> he strikes you as a troubled little man. He's yes. a tiny man. He is tiny. He's what... Five six. Five, uh, was he five or is he five five? Some somewhere in that neighborhood. Some legend has it somewhere in that neighborhood. Mm. You know, classic. Um, you know, have to dig a trench for his co-stars to, yes. to stand next to him. Mm-hmm. All of that shit. And you know, it's it, it's it's a little more tragic to begin with because Bogart was kind of a tiny man, and mm-hmm. and and Cagney even more so. Tom Cruise. I mean, where does it end? Folks? But with Bogart and and Gagney, unlike <laughs> Tom Cruise. There's no conflict with the beauty. Like, they're, I'm sure they had their female admirers, but they're not like beautiful men who are right. trapped in a tiny man's body. Right. Alan Ladd is. Yeah. He looks like, for the, like prison yard rape bait, like nobody's oh, business. Oh, what this a little waify fuck he is. <laughs> Jesus And Christ. what a troubled guy, apparently. He just was. Talk a, to me. I don't, I don't know all that much about well, him. Well, he, he died of. Um, 
so I forget the circumstance, but it's sort of like the coroner ruled that like an accidental um, gun slipped off his head. You know, like it was, oh, really? Yeah, I, I I don't even know that he shot. Like himself. a suicide, and they tried to try to but whitewash. Clearly, it, it was suicide, and they whitewashed. It. And he'd already had suicide attempts that had been whitewashed. Fuck off! Really? And and also like hated himself like was a, a a dirty drunk but also just <laughs> fucking hated himself like the beautiful man who hates himself who's also talented by the way yeah i didn't know anything about alan land really before this he was a, definitely a blind spot in my hollywood history mm, okay and um and uh like there was some report where like near the end of his life he did the carpet baggers was his last movie mm-hmm. he played nevada smith and uh, and uh some reporter asked him like what he liked best about himself and he said nothing there's nothing to like and then really? was like dead weeks later. And wow. Yeah, I mean, he was just a Holy really shit. sad, sad fucker. And and yet. Wow, Tom Cruise, take notes. I, <laughs> I find him to be very likable. I do too. Uh, I've always liked Alan Lay. I'm not, I'm not a huge um, fan of his. He's not like somebody I followed like religiously or anything right. like that. Um, but I've seen several of his movies over mm-hmm. the years. Uh, of course, the classic movie, uh, we'll, which we'll be getting into we'll get to that pretty a bit, shortly, yeah. but uh, which is an amazing fucking movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I never really, I never really thought about him. He's, I guess he was uh, for for a time period. He was like, maybe the most one of the most popular movie stars of his time. Yeah, I can see it. But but I'm but at the same time, I'm not altogether sure what his time period is. Well, we're talking like okay, so it's it's really it's like, like 1942 40 to like to 50, mid 50s, mid 50s ish, right? Yeah, he okay. made a few before and a few after, but the and it was two sort of definite sections, right? So he has mm-hmm. the whole first part of his career is is really about the the film noir, essentially, right? Right, and so we're going to look at one of those tonight, mm-hmm. and then the second part is a sort of hodgepodge of, of probably more serious and interesting films. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we're starting out tonight with 1946's The Blue... The Blue Dahlia. The Blue Dahlia, which is a Raymond Chandler novel, I guess. No. I've never read it. Short no, story? It was, no, no. It was, it was his first screenplay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the, it was the very first screenplay he ever did for Hollywood. But yeah. I, I'm interested in, in mm-hmm. this Rain, Raymond Chandler. I mean, look, it's, it's, um, the, the premise of this film is... Actually, it's more interesting than you initially think it is. Right. Um, but it's it's definitely very film noir ish, and it's it's like. Um, There's some qualities about it that are like that are like, I kind of almost take it out of noir and just put it straight into crime fiction, like like a crime fiction movie. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know that I call Goodfellas and is not a fucking noir just because people have guns and are criminals and. I think noir has a few a few elements it to have it. A couple of qualities that appear in this movie, but it's almost like not noir to me in a sense. Okay, know. all right. I mean, I'm I'm willing to accept that, even though it falls into that canon. Yeah. And con- and canonically, it is considered to be so. It's canonically, like, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just I don't know. I think uh, what I mean, what's his name? Uh, what the hell is it? Uh, Mick, the hell? Mickey Spillane. No. 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 Mickey Mouse. No, shut up. <laughs> Mac the Knife. <laughs> a dolphin. There's a dolphin in here. <laughs> Dolph uh, Lundgren. Fuck Bill. No, goddamn it. Bill Knight is science guy. The second, uh, the second banana fucking character in it. Uh, uh, Bill, Bill. William Bendix? No, William Bendix. Bendix. Oh, William Bendix is he's always a treat. I love I William I love Bendix. William Bendix, but, but, but there's something about him. like the, He's like uh, he's like the cheerful clown. He's a little. Mm-hmm. It, just, it doesn't feel like noir when what, he's what in you, it to wait, me. Wait, 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 wait. What are you saying? Hmm? He's like a clown. He's to like you? a clown to me. He amuses me. He amuses it's, you. He fucking totally amuses me. You know what? You are. You know, one dog guy. is going this way. The other dog's going that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's something. There's something so like weird and like um, 
I don't know, like jovial about him. Yep. Like trying to put him in the middle of a noir what? is a very weird thing to me. Well, now he was in a lot of things that were like he was in that great Hitchcock um, film Lifeboat, right? Mm, yeah. Um, but he was also like, wasn't he the life of Riley? Yeah. Right. So he's an interesting, interesting. You're right. He's a very, very interesting radio, guy. radio star. Yeah. He was just this weird, interesting dude. He's like, you don't know. There, there's like that. There's that. There's that kind of entertainer from that time period. And again, I think Danny Kay falls into one end of it in mm-hmm. a certain sense, where they're just like, this is this is for people who don't want to look at the world, uh, and and there's the, there's like this cheerful entertainment that was provided for them. Yeah, but and Bendix was always for me like one of the arbiters of that. But like he's also arcane. kind of tearing his hair out over the top dramatic in a lot of films. Yeah, yeah, he, absolutely. He did a lot of things. Yeah, and he did like Guadalcanal Diary. Like he did some surprising stuff, mm. but he was almost always the same, the same lovable. Mick yep. character running around. Okay, so so it's he <coughs> he and Alan Ladd and Hugh Beaumont, by the mm-hmm. way, we're talking about uh Ward Cleaver. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Um our three returning yeah, that's right, that is Ward Cleaver. That's Ward Cleaver. Oh, three returning uh naval airmen. And and uh, mm-hmm. uh, William Bendix sort of starts the show off because it's like he's he's got shell shock but a metal plate in, in his head, head and he's like that crazy every time he hears jazz, he does like a curly oh. take. Woo, 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 like that, that crazy yeah. monkey music. Right. And he calls it monkey music, which is and it's all like, right, well played. I don't sir. know why. I feel well, I felt fuck? very stupid about twenty five minutes into this film. Like, of course it's important that he can't really remember things. This is gonna be a witness of something. Like why didn't I see yeah, this that is coming? A, I believe this is a mo- this is a plot point with, with two feet here. <laughs> Walking right through the middle of it. So what's interesting about the film also is like and, and here's where I, I would agree with you that it, it it takes more into account than than your usual um, film noir. Is it, it? This is released in '46. Now this is the same year as um, the best years of our best lives. Of our life, right. So it's got that sort of like Hollywood really wants to play all of a sudden on the idea of the returning soldier, right? And especially the El Cantaru wife who isn't. Who uh, done her man wrong while he was away defending defending her honor and, and country, way or not, the way they well. handled the best years of our lives is not that she's a cheater but that she's just sort of like too into material possessions they mm-hmm. they they um they won up that one here oh yeah yeah a little bit uh, yeah. with his bit. wife played by doris dowling now i have to say this this film has um alan ladd beautiful man mm-hmm. and veronica lake who uh, i've never seen in a film before yeah now Veronica Lake is that's basically Jessica Rabbit was was based on based. Veronica Lake, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I've heard a million things about her. I yeah. have to tell you this. Doris Dowling <laughs> did it for me way more than Veronica Lake. Really? Well, you know how I loved Cunty Webb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also <laughs> Well, because Doris Dowling was not any kind of a slouch oh, at all. Either, well, she you know. was dark, mysterious, and mm-hmm. Veronica Vava. Lake was Vava. yeah. I don't know. You know, Veronica Lake has a quality about her, like some people have it. There are some people when you see them as adults, you know exactly what they look like as children. And there are some people when you see them in black and white, you know exactly what they look like in color. And she has that quality, which is its own star quality. But I think she's a little overrated if this is a, a representation of her. Mm. I don't know her well enough. To, I don't know enough about her. Really. She's also tiny. She's also um, apparently one of the only women who didn't have to stand in a trench <laughs> because she was actually shorter than Alan Ladd. It's just, of course, the, I don't think it's any accident they shared five movies or yeah, six, right, five okay. or six movies together yeah so so Alan, Alan Ladd returns Ladd. to his sort of Hollywood or Santa Monica bungalow and his wife's having a party right. and it's very clear immediately that she's been seeing um this uh, other fellow uh, she's been seeing Southern California he, yes but she's in a relate she's having this sort of affair with a guy a rich guy who runs the Blue Dahlia the Blue Dahlia a nightclub 
Yeah, it's sort of interesting. Every Originally time. named named after a dahlia in Los Angeles. Well, and then also the the, the dahlia, the blue flowers. It's sort of interesting. This black and white film. How mm-hmm. many times they have to point out, like, look at that blue flower mm-hmm. right there, which is black, of course. Eh? Yeah. Anyways, is that true? Well, because it's well because of the black dahlia, the the black dahlia murder. I mean, they're like they they, they were they were they're heavily trading on that. Oh, yeah. In, in the uh, in the making of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting case by the way that's that's the subject of that great wow. film i'd like to do true confessions sure 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 yeah. anyway sorry so so you know obviously there's this sort of situation where um alan ladd's really pissed off and mm. one point he pulls a you know a gun on her and it's what? like i oughta well okay so let's back it up really quickly yeah. uh, one of the things that has gone on in their relationship is while he was gone oh, their yeah. child died which by uh, the way i have th- to say he, he, gets brought up too casually initially you uh, would think they would immediately start talking and bonding over that but no yeah yeah this isn't manchester by the sea here mm. <laughs> yeah this is this is the uh the subtle uh, emotional vortex of that time period okay. yeah. uh so anyway Anyway, so their child uh, died while he was in the military, mm-hmm. and he had been, of course, led to believe that he had died of an illness or some kind. It turns out he did. Cuntola, yeah, Cuntola cunt, mother, cunt, yes. <laughs> galloping cunt. Apparently, uh, she, got she, dr- she got she got hammered and went driving with a kid in the yeah. car. And yeah. Bingo, that kid got killed. Yeah. So that so just in case you in case you were worried that this woman wasn't enough of a bitch, Timmy, the original airbag. Yeah, we're gonna. See, we're gonna see. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna yeah uh, yeah uh, anyway yeah, anyway yes. so yeah so she's so we're cementing her place in the bitch hall of fame so she's awful and and for some reason like now alan that is so close to his buddies hugh beaumont and and william bendix those two are off as bachelors confined to bachelors confined, getting their own apartment in their own apartment even though uh you know, bendix is uh Basically, a lunatic time bomb. Yeah, from everything you can. Well, tell. everyone watches out for him, and so yeah. so he and, and Hugh Beaumont have their own apartment, and and there's a, a really uh, almost I dare say homoerotic concern that mm. Beaumont and Bendix have for for Lad's well being, mm-hmm. and so they're constantly checking in on him, and there's a there's a sort of a night watchman for the uh, the, the Beverly Hills apartment who's sort of like too conveniently watching what's going on. He walks in as as um, Alan Ladd really wants to sort of um, bust her grill and, uh-huh. and says, should I close the door so you can beat your wife in private? A great line from 1946. Um, and, and so there's all these sort of like there's witnesses and then there's, for some reason, William Bendix going over yeah. to the apartment. And of course it's like, well, wait a minute. What does this mean? Will he see something and forget? Will he forget that he did something? Mm. In the meanwhile, Alan Ladd leaves. She's at the hotel or at the, the apartment bar and he accidentally picks up William Bendix for some reason. Uh, convenience is what she it does, is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, you know, so that you're well, all plot point. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Right. God, by the not a subtle you. movie. But I mean, yeah. So, so I mean, one of the problems, obviously, of the movies is just too many fucking coincidences, including yeah. all of a sudden, you know, um, it's clear to us, the audience, that the wife has been killed by somebody. The country right. wife has been killed by somebody, and for some unknown reason, Veronica Lake just happens to pick up. It just happens. I mean, there's really no explanation for why she picks up Alan Ladd, who's, mm-hmm. who thinks he's simply left his living wife. Right. I mean, it's just this is a million sort of weird plot right. points. So, so, so right, and so then we we come back and then who's okay? So who killed the wife? That's the point. Who killed the who killed wife? the wife? Yeah. Was it was it Alan Ladd? Mm. Uh, was it uh, was it Bendix mm. uh, in a blackout? We're not sure. I thought it might have been Hugh Beaumont for a moment because he was too quiet. Uh huh. Yeah, very quiet. He was a very quiet type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trust those guys. Uh, William, uh, Hugh Beaumont was also like um, uh, a preacher. 
Really? And I mean, he was like so religious he couldn't enjoy his Hollywood fame. Is that true in real life? In real life, yeah. Really? Well, that's. Was I feel, I'm not going to worry about feeling. I'm not going to feel bad for him. Fuck him. Yeah. Fuck you're going to go that. You're going to go that lifestyle. Then you got to. You got to leave the Jesus thing back. Johnny Fontaine taught us anything. That's it. Like, yes, absolutely. Anyway, so yeah, it becomes a real whodunit. Like who who murdered this wife? Who mm-hmm. totally deserved to be murdered? Fuck her. Oh yeah, yeah she's yeah, awful. She's Great looking, right. but but awful. Right. Um and and um, it turns out that Veronica Lake is in fact the sort of estranged wife of the owner of the Blue Dahlia, the who Blue was Dahlia. the murdered wife's <laughs> lover. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you know, everyone has a sort of, or many people have a motive to, to you know, indicate or indict someone who, yeah. who is not guilty. Mm-hmm. And and Alan Ladd's just a good guy who's returned from war. Right. I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't even feel like explaining anymore, but I, I actually really enjoyed it. I kind of did, too. It was fucking actually, kind it was of a fun kind of, movie. It was a fun movie, yeah. yeah. I got a great I, movie. No complaints. Uh, not a lot of, not, I mean... Yeah, it's a flawed fucking movie. It's not a subtle movie. It's got this and that going wrong with yeah. it. But overall, I thought it was pretty enjoyable. If nothing else, go watch William Bendix. I can never, I can't yeah, get enough of that fucking guy. Great. I love well, that guy. He's like, he's like Jimmy Durante, but without the singing. Ah, cha cha cha. Yeah, that's a KFC. You can make it, Joseph. Stiff leg over there. <laughs> you can do it. Squirt squirt. <laughs> log log. Well. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, I had to remind myself a couple of times before I gave it too much credit. Like, you can do this really well, like Dark Passage. You can do, like, a really, really good version of it. And it's not a really, really good version. But it's a very competent version, and it's enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. I found myself with a big thumbs up. With a big thumb up your ass. A big thumb up my ass. Holding it it in. Somebody, it was Don Costello who plays um, Howard Da Silva, Eddie Hardwood's um, right-hand man, Mm -hmm. who died during the filming. Really, uh, and, and it turned out to be his his last film. But um, hmm. I, I don't know. All the way around, I give it a thumbs up. Who was the guy who passed away? What was his name again? His name was uh, Don Costello. Don Costello. Oh, I was fucking Italian. Who cares? All right. So they're animals anyway, Tommy. So let, <laughs> let them, them lose, lose their, their souls. souls. All right. So we we move up um, from something. I mean, a lot of people probably have never seen the Blue Dahlia to something that most people have seen. Although I had not seen it before this, it was on my missing list. And that's, really, you'd never seen that before. I that's had crazy. never seen 1953's Shane. Shane. With Shane. Shane Fuck. is. Uh, I now have to count it as one of my favorite westerns. It okay. is. It is an outstanding western for all of its flaws from 1953. It is, it is an, outstanding. It is an incomparably good western. It, it really is. is. It's fantastic. Great. It. It's got a place in the pantheon of great westerns, mm-hmm. and it deserves every inch of it, as far as I can tell. So many things going right with this thing. So it's, it's like a great an affordable cast. hotel, Tommy. Ah, uh, it's a great western. Uh, oh, that's like no, don't please don't bring great western comparisons in here. Mm-hmm. Uh no, because there's no there's no there's no Pakistani guy at the front just sweating into his uh, just sweating into the carpet. Of the, uh, what's that? No, racist. I don't think that's true at all, my friend. I think it's just true to best westerns all over the United States. This is going nowhere in a hurry. So Alan so Ladd um, sort of enters the the scene on a horse immediately, and it's a homestead, mm-hmm. and it's sort it's kind of a, a, a very familiar situation. I mean, there are different versions of it, even with like the Seven Samurai or, or Magnificent Seven, some sort right. of version of the honest homesteader mm-hmm. um, who just wants to sort of make his way in this new country. And the people who won't let him. But instead of banditos, 
like this case, it's the actually cattle barons. Actually, I gotta say, it's people you have more sympathy with, which makes it more mm-hmm. complex because they really did do the initial work of right. pioneering, mm-hmm. and then the laws and the which customs. We mean, change. killing the Indians. Yeah, yeah. We well, that. Out. Yes, those, 110%. Those, those <laughs> I'm not saying that, but the case being made for like, hey, this guy's working hard. He just wants his own place. They're saying like, well, that's what we did, motherfucker. Right, right. And then the government changes the rules on us and we want you out of here. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're still on the side of the homesteader and Shane and so forth. But but um, there is a certain a amount of gray that's, that's added to the to the to the plight of the. Uh, of the cattle baron dudes, sure, absolutely. So Shane sort of comes into this sort of area, just happens across it, and mm-hmm. um, and and nothing's really happening yet. Now I have to say this: there is a young boy mm-hmm. in this film who he reminds you of, uh, like what Private Pile from Full Metal Jacket must have been like before, uh, as a child. As a child, uh-huh. just a lovable but mm-hmm. very. A disturbing presence that this child has, <laughs> but he there's o- something about him. Yeah, he automatically takes a liking um, to Shane, mm-hmm. and vice versa. And Shane takes a liking to him, and the mother—that's the more important one. Well, that is kind of interesting because the father is a good father and a good a husband. good guy. He's, he's a really good he's like guy. A, a, just an insultingly good man. Would, would, and that brings all kinds of problems because either you need to skedaddle the fuck out of there because the land barons are, are threatening you or you need to take an official badass fucking stand and he kind of doesn't exactly do either. Right. And right. it's clear that while Shane is the classic sort of trope or the character who's like used to be a gunfighter but he's sort of put his... It's his, a gunfighter who's trying to flee from the being a gunfighter. Right. So, so he's... This is, this is open territory for him. This is a place where he's not really well known. Right. So he's hoping it's to... It's Wyoming, yeah, he's trying to he's trying to put it all behind him, you know. So so, that's a very classic Western trope. Absolutely, and so so he's there to sort of like as a hired hand to try something new out in life. But of course, you know, there's this, the land barons looming in the background, right? Mm-hmm. So so there's that sort of initial conflict, right? And and you pointed out uh, what's the name of the uh, um, uh, of the uh, the head sodbuster guy. Um, the head side buster. Side buster. The old head side. I don't know. Oh, fuck. I can't remember. I don't anyways, know. but just a great actor. Yeah. Fabulous character actor for yeah. years. Uh, anyways, um, but he's taken a principled stand, but he's not, as you pointed out, in a, in a, in a, in a strong stand, but he's not, he's not a badass. Even he... Yeah, it's like, look, I would rather have people just walk away from the situation. Right. I'm not out to hang people, mm. but I will. Yeah, if necessary. Yeah, he's not. He's not a badass, and, and no. Shane is, and Shane, but Shane's trying to hide that, and so ultimately, you know, he gets Man. called. He gets called in because the uh, the the our our land barons aren't nearly as principled. No. Right? They go out and hire somebody to come in, and so let's start killing these. They brothers. hire Jack Palance Jack at a Palance certain point to come maybe, in. I think one of his first major roles. He's fantastic in it. Yes. Um, Alan Great Lattis. trivia around him in this movie too. Well, go ahead. Well, okay. So there's there's a, there are a couple of scenes. First off, he'd never been on a horse in his fucking, fucking life mm-hmm. before this. He didn't, and they kind of scared the shit out of him because mm. uh, there's this one scene in there where, like, the horse goes starts. He's on the, the horse, and it starts backing up. Mm-hmm. Which is apparently very difficult to get a horse to do, oh. uh, and so and so people thought he like knew what he was doing, but it was just the horse acting randomly and mm-hmm. him like, pretending like he. So did that make the director like inspired to to have him do more tricks on the horse or something? Well, or? No, yeah, it was just it was one of those things where it looked like a great shot, and he was yeah. just he, he just forever after he talked about it, he was basically uh-huh. shitting his britches during that scene. Yeah. 
I didn't know what the fuck was going on. But anyway, so that's, yeah, a little, little bit of trivia so, on that. So, so it was like one of his first roles. Yeah. And he goes on to become, you know, Jack fucking Palance. So, yeah. Yeah. City Slickers, I hear. So, so um, the, the homesteaders all have like a collective and they've sort of been threatened before. So it's like if we stand strong together and now sort of imply that, hey, Shane, you're just a hired worker here. We don't expect anything from you. Kind of wink, wink, because we suspect that you can do something for us, maybe. And Shane's a good guy too, so he steps in. It's great. I didn't. I thought, is that Ben fucking Johnson? It was Ben Johnson in an early role, mm-hmm. um, who initially is sort of is with the Land Barons and has this huge, awesome fight. Right. Lots of violence. It's actually too, yeah. a lot of violence in this movie. It's mm-hmm. actually very menacing. Yeah, for 1953. Yeah, yeah, and the fight and the fights are actually really good. That fight, that's a that's a good western fight. It's mm-hmm. not they, they they don't go for any of the tropes. They don't go for any of the knocking easy through bullshit. the doors, right? Yeah. Like the the the, uh, the the old lady with a with a with a spittoon over her head coming off the bar, knocking somebody out. None of that shit. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a good fight. It's a yeah. good yeah. So anyways, uh, and there's the fight between Van Johnson. That's his name between Van Johnson and uh, Shane um, in the yard. Uh, later on, that's a great. Oh, Van Heflin. Van Heflin. Van Johnson is the, the he's from uh, the K Media. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah, right. Van Heflin. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, there's a great scene fight scene between the two oh, of them absolutely. as well. You know? Oh yeah, it's really good stuff. And well, and the magic of watching Alan Ladd with that fucking gun. I mean, a great the, classic. Christ. Gene Arthur too, who had been in the 30s, like 15 years earlier, had been in these great Frank Capra roles, like mm. Meet John Doe and so forth. You recognize her by her voice, really. And I think this is the sort of the waning beauty years for her. Yeah. As as the wife. A lot of gel on that lens. Yes, a lot of gel on that lens. But what was I going to say? Um, uh, oh, and also, um, Elisha Cook Jr. Yes. I, you know, at I first I get enough of that fucking well, guy. At first, well, of course, everyone knows him as Wilmer from from the Maltese Falcon. Sure. Um, and and it's hard to imagine in any other role. And then he was in the Killing, the Killing in yeah. the '54, which he's fucking. He's really <laughs> almost the centerpiece of that movie. He's he really so is. fucking good. Ugh. And now, Let as a cowboy, mm-hmm. I. I didn't know if I could buy him or not, and in the end, I really didn't buy him. But it was interesting to have him in that role right. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, also, sort of a weird thing about nineteen. Well, I don't know if it's nineteen fifty three or the actual time period, but it's like, um, when is it that you get to mount at like an insurrection against your country, then lose, and then everyone just sort of joshes you about it because. His character is just sort of like, ah, wish I was in Dixie, right, pal? And he's like, I ought to knock your teeth and ah, we're just kidding. Ah, it's like, it's sort of a weird, uh, you know. It, it's also the movie making fun of people from the Confederacy anyways. And they're stupid and they like fighting more than they should, basically. I guess so. I guess so. But so really, what's it about? Like, we've sort of talked about the events or the plot lines and so forth. But really, it's about... You know, class the classic parts, and and at this point they might even seem tired, but it's not Shane's fault. Right. The movie, um, and, and that's like the guy who wants to sort of start his life anew, but he can't really, right. because he like, has the 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 old life he had. It, it sort of has with comes with all these skills that are useful to people who mm-hmm. who are good, and they will out. Basically, it's like yeah, it's, it's not not so much fate, maybe, but you're. You know what you you are what you are, and you bring that with you wherever you go. Yeah. And Shane's attempt to uh, to shed that was was not useful to him. And you're always going to be alone too. Yeah. In the end, you'll always be. If you, particularly if you're in his line of business, which is taking other people's lives, that's the that's the loneliest profession out there. I think. 
It's very lonely, Tom. Wow, it's so Believe me. One <laughs> is the goddamn. Anyways, it's one of the great, and, and yeah. that is one of the best, like non Sergio Leone, I think, gunfights in the history of and endings. Oh yeah, absolutely. And also, like something else that can be very tiresome is the kid who's in awe of an adult character. That mm-hmm. that friendship between an adult and a kid. Right. And it's fucking great. It's it's sweet. Yeah. It's it, it works. There's, I don't know. I don't know what what in this movie doesn't work. I can't. I can't think. Oh, let's no, just no, stop well, there. Just, <laughs> damn it! Oh, Joe's got a new ringtone. Everyone. Um. Yeah. I mean, it, what doesn't work is is again what's not its fault. It's mm-hmm. that you know there's about half a dozen things that we've seen so many times by now that we might well mistake it as tired and Shane when in right. fact Shane is one of the originators. Right. Yeah. Well, Shane. Yeah. Created a lot of those. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know what the, what it is about westerns, but I love westerns where the where the gunfighter trying to quit. Best westerns. I just, all of them are. All the best westerns are like that, Joe. Yeah. And <laughs> suck it. Okay. All right, buddy. Um, so, okay, final conclusions on this thing? Well, Shane's a fucking great movie. I mean... That's a classic. You have to see it. Yeah. And uh, The Blue Dahlia is a fine movie. Mm-hmm. And very enjoyable. Yeah, very good. Uh, but yeah, Shane, of course. Just I probably, found, in a weird way, I probably found myself enjoying the Blue Dahlia more be- simply because I felt the pressure was off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just sort of like Shane, you sort of felt like you were watching something important, right? Um, um, and yeah, maybe you were. I don't know. Huh? Okay. Let's go with that. Okay. Meanwhile, total total recommend on both of these movies. Sounds good to me, and I'm going to be watching more Alan Ladd. That's for damn sure. Oh, yeah. Now, do we have? Do you have any business, Tom? You do any comedy of your stand-up comedy or making the people laugh? Comedy bits. And yeah. Such? Uh, go check out check out the website uh, tomsmithcomedy.com mm-hmm. uh, for future dates. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really all I got on that Rate one. Rate and review us on iTunes, but also... Join us on the Patreon. Yeah, become a Patreon subscriber, because for Patreon subscribers of $5 or more a month, and you can find that just Patreon, Finley's on Film, or go to our website, finleysonfilm.com, um, and click the Patreon link. For subscribers of $5 or more a month, we are giving you access to two secret episodes so available pretty- only to you. It's Finley's Fine Reserve, as I recall. Uh, fin- Finley's uh, Fine... fine- Hold yeah, on. oh, that's Finley's finest sound like reserve. Like John Hausman, Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, mm-hmm. we started this last month, which is uh, February of 2018. We had two episodes up, secret episodes in 2018, February 2018, mm-hmm. and this March we'll have two more. So we're really producing them. So you know, therefore yeah. not. Yes, they're good. They go to empty ears, people. Mm-hmm. Empty ears. That's our. That's our client. Empty that's ears. Our, that's our clientele. Did I just say clientele? Yeah. It is, it's late and I'm tired. Fuck off. Back off.